Welcome to the Millionaire Next Door podcast with Robert Curtis, CFP, accredited investment fiduciary from Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. In this podcast, we help successful wealth accumulators like you looking to transition to a work optional lifestyle by helping you build strategies for growing and maintaining your wealth. Robert draws from years of experience and fiduciary responsibility and interviews guest experts to help you build reliable strategies to grow and maintain your wealth. Now, on to the show. As we head into the final weeks of the year, it's natural to become somewhat reflective about, well, not just the past, but the future. I'm Patrice Sikora, and I'm here today to prompt Robert Curtis to talk about what has happened and what may happen for him and his practice. Robert, as we say in Jersey, how you doing, eh? How am I doing? I'm, I'm doing great, Patrice. Thank you. So, uh, um, yeah, we're, we're hopping here for sure, but, but all is good. I, I actually just got off the phone a, a few minutes ago with, with a friend of a client who was, who was way off track. But it was fun just connecting a few dots for him and, you know, hearing them calm down or relax a little bit. So I, I love what I do. All right. Very good to hear. I mean, I'm sure it's been a pretty busy year with the markets and everything. And now you're telling some people to just you can talk them off the edge. But what are the, some of the areas you've been focused on? What have you been thinking about? Oh, yeah. Good, good question. Uh, they're having a lot of thoughts. So we're engaged in, you know, a lot of conversations and we're sort of those noise canceling headphones. But <laughs> we're trying to put some perspectives around, you know, this market and this economy with 8% inflation or a little bit lower rising interest rates. Probably the, the most telegraphed recession ever. I've never heard so many people expecting one to come. So, yeah. so there's some anxious thoughts for sure. Um, interestingly, as I think back on my career, which is now, you know, I've been doing this 25 years, um, just, just these different phases. I mean, there was a lot of time spent, you know, getting and gaining technical, you know, experience, really understanding what's going on, getting advanced credentials, things like that, CFP, accredited investment fiduciary. And I still do a lot of that. There's a lot of time devoted to that, to all the technical aspects and watching the market and and everything and just understanding, um, you know, um, estate planning and what's mm -hmm. called a charitable remainder trust or different, you know, all these all these technical terms, the tax code, et cetera. I still do tons of that. Um, but within the last several years, I've really started to layer in some additional elements around practice management. And uh, to, to give you an idea of what I'm thinking about there, what, I, what I'm referring to, really about the client experience, uh, sort of what, what is their experience? Are they having a good experience, these conversations, you know, our scheduling of things, you know, all these deliverables that we have, giving them a process that they, they really have a good experience, one that's repeatable. I mean, it's customizable, but, but we've really developed a lot around that especially I put a lot of emphasis on that. And interestingly, it's starting to unleash a lot of advocacy from clients because um, prior to that, they, you know, there were certainly introductions they'd make to folks, but a lot of times I'd hear, you know, what, it, what do you like or how do you describe them? Oh, I trust him. He'll take great care of me. 
you know, that kind of thing. That That's absolutely true. And that's very valid. And that still comes across. But as I went deeper into the process and really structured things out, I, I hear more introductions along the lines of, uh, you know, what I'll actually do, what I do for them, what they can actually go in and, and expect. And so that that's been great. Okay, so so a third element uh, I've I've layered in is is sort of an emphasis on marketing and branding. And what I what I mean by that, I um, prior to say the pandemic, the lockdown, I, I figured things had we had to take a different approach to communicate our value. Prior to that, I figured just do a great job for folks. They'll get the message. They'll get the word. You know that'll take care of itself. But, but that's not always the case. I mean, I, I've learned a lot of times clients don't understand everything they're actually doing for us. And and those folks that advocate for us now with a little bit more emphasis on branding and marketing, when they make introductions, it's not just he's a he's a great guy. He'll take care of me. Oftentimes they really go deep into my process. He does all these things and they explain it back really well. So, so someone they're introducing understands what to expect. So that's all around client experience. It, it's helped, um, help me contrast pretty well and stand out against a lot of competitors, which has been great. Uh, some of the efforts I made, especially since the lockdown and the pandemic, I, I produced a series of short videos. There's about 15 of them on, on my firm's website. And those go into our process, you know, a little bit about me, my team, why I do what I do. Uh, we, we don't have a ton of time to get into heavy technical um, discussions in a two-minute video, but those are things one can share, one can pass along if they want to introduce me. Uh, I also started uh, the podcast about a year ago. I had listened to a lot of podcasts, sort of got through the uh, the lockdown and the pandemic when we were we were still coming. I, I'm in a small office, so I came in the entire time. But walking the dog, started to listen to some amazing podcasts. Somewhere learned, or you know, wow, I could create a podcast. That this could be amazing. So. With the podcast, and we're now 18 episodes into the podcast, you know, I have a much better opportunity to really expound on what it is we do, go into detail on our on our practice and our process, all the elements of the practice, seven pillars, one process. We can break it down. We started bringing a number of guests on there. We have some really great ones lined up, and I'm really excited as we launch into 2023, a lot of guests um, that I think are going to add a lot of value. So the, we realize, or I realize that before anyone ever comes in and really decides they want to work with me, or maybe even sit down and interview, they, I mean, they want to check me out online. They can listen to these podcasts. If someone wants to introduce, they can share it with friends. I do see a lot of, I hear from clients, they're listening to the podcast. And so they really get what I'm saying on a deeper level. It's a way to connect and get additional time and they can hear my latest updated thoughts. And sometimes they actually share those to someone who might be considering this and want to kick the proverbial tires. So, so that's been great. And um, honestly, a year ago, I never would have imagined, you know, having gone sick, 18 podcasts deep, it takes on sort of a life of its own. 
I've gotten, I feel like I've improved in that process quite a bit, certainly with bringing on guests and the interview process, that that's a skill that takes some time. There's a a statistics team that looks at my podcast and how well it's being reviewed. I went on a call with them yesterday, a full detailed Zoom. It's great. Apparently, I'm now in the top 16% of all podcasts (laughs) on Apple. So wonderful. It's validating. It's nice to know someone's hearing it when you're putting the message out there. There's some interest. Uh, It it does take on some really interesting aspects. Virtually, people are listening in every state in the nation. Uh, We're clearly the biggest in California and in Texas. So a great shout out to the folks in Texas, too. We're, We're starting to do a lot of business there. Thank goodness. And uh, but literally on other continents, every continent, you know, in other countries, in all kinds of states and major metropolitan areas, some of which I don't I honestly don't know a soul, you know, maybe Minneapolis, St. Paul. I mean, I don't Not know that yet. I know anyone. Not, Not yet. yet. Who knows? But anyway, if you're listening, so we appreciate it. Um, that's been great for just communicating my value. I think clients are to hear are able to hear it at a deeper level. People are understand all the things we're facing. So that's been really nice. So just kind of summing it up, our, our clients receive steady correspondence. Some of it is technical and time sensitive. Other items are just related to service and communication. So tell me about the type of engagements you've been having with clients. Well, interesting. Um, you know, there, there's folks that that fully empower me. I would say, and that really opens up the ability for me to serve me and my team to serve them really well. I mean, there's other folks that that never even occurred to them. They, they want to engage me for a certain small aspect, or sometimes I see people who quote, diversify their advisors. Maybe they have Mm. two or three advisors. Um, It makes sense to them, but from a holistic sense, I don't see that it does make a lot of sense because they're, they're, they're not able to be as, um, well, well, when they consolidate, we can be much better on the pricing, give them much better pricing. We're able to see everything holistically as opposed to having three people that don't even interact. It just doesn't make as much sense. It's sort of like having three dentists or something. So I really think people would prefer to have one super solid, very deep, connected relationship. Maybe they just haven't found the trust or understand that yet. But but a lot of folks engage me fully. And when they do that, when they empower me fully, it, it they really think of me as someone who liberates them to go live their life. Tell me more about that. For instance, yeah. like where do you see that show up really? Yeah. Well, interestingly, one area it shows up, and, and this is an area that Certainly over the last year, I've, I've always dealt with this, but it's come into being a lot more. This could be, say, working with aging clients, and a lot of times they engage their adult children in this process. So these are folks maybe in their 50s or 60s, and so they engage their you know, adult children to sort of help better manage their ongoing dyna- um, dynamic situations. Mm-hmm. So um, this could be maybe the, the parent is slowing down a little bit. They're still with it. Sometimes there's a diagnosis. Uh, sometimes they're going through some treatment or just slowing down. They, maybe they want the, adult, the help of their adult daughter to help them write checks, get them to medical appointments. But they're, they're, they're becoming a little bit more dependent or looking out for help for, from their adult children here. 
And, you know, and then sometimes they even, um, you know, these adult children are spotting uh, some issues where mom or dad's just not quite as with it. Sometimes they're really with it. Sometimes there's some early signs of diminished capacity. By the time those show up, it's usually a little bit more advanced than you might think and probably headed down that road further. But a lot of times we'll have these folks um, become powers of attorney. You know, if there's a trusted relationship, they, they can help them along the way. And then they involve me in that process. And so it's additional dialogue to really, because one of the things that's really interesting is, is um, several years back, I actually went through this on my own. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a younger person for sure. I actually helped care for my grandmother who made it to 102, but uh, she was predeceased by my mom who really should have played that role. And that was pretty traumatic for her, but I stepped into that role. I had to deal with it with my dad too. So the point I'm driving at, I mean, it, it you know, it was, uh, it was stressful. There's all this, you're, you're kind of making these decisions for someone else's life. It's a new experience. You don't even always know if you're doing it the right way. It's a little um, daunting. I was, you know, he had just gotten married. I was starting a career. I mean, then we were raising children. There was and a you're lot basically, of you're, you're jumping a generation too. As you say, your mother yeah. would have normally stepped yeah. into this. Yeah. So I've actually dealt with it a, a couple of times. And so interestingly, that was an experience. That's already occurred, but now when I step into that role and help these folks, uh, there's definitely a comfort level having mm-hmm. uh, really sat in their shoes, sort of, or understand what they're going through, and then had some time to process that whole thing. I just think it adds a lot of value. So I'm very sensitive, and and nothing against someone giving advice, but if they haven't actually been there and gone through that, I just think it's it's more difficult to relate. So. I just treat that very specially and I'm very kind, but I, I need to give professional advice and tell them what's practical and, and just give them tips, you know, stuff on, you know, take some time for yourself, get some respite care, you know, uh, mom or dad has enough money to, to afford some of these services that, cause sometimes it can get very, very daunting, you know, these demands or the call at 3am or, I can't find the remote control or, you know, my car keys. And you're like, dad, you don't drive anymore that, you know, but <laughs> any rate, um, these types of folks, they really fully engage me. And then I often develop a relationship with their, you know, adult children. Sometimes I'll work with them for an entire decade. So we have a lot of time to really get close and comfortable uh, but they fully empower me. And and a lot of times they introduce me to other folks too, or their other family members. They start advocating for me. That's been good. So, you know, I, I had one of these folks just describe that the thing they really liked about our relationship was the consistency of communication. Everything is scheduled and process driven and nothing falls through the cracks. So that's how it's showing up, Therese. You know, you talk about process a lot, but tell me about some of the other areas too. Some of the other areas. Well, um, yeah, 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 for sure. Process is, is key. I mean, it's really, really a lot about process. There's just no question. One of the things about the process, and I talked in quite a bit of depth in the last podcast we had with Mike Sai with, with one of my coaches is I'm always working on improving the process. I mean, it's a pretty evolved thought out process, but, um, 
I have got ambitious goals. I'm not satisfied with the status quo. We're always looking to make it better from a client experience, technical knowledge, even some branding and marketing that might get out to people to understand what we actually do or, or how we might be able to help them. Uh, so if, if my long-term goal is 10% improvement, which at this point is, is absolutely huge, I might think about doing this 1% at a time over 10 different times. That's much more manageable uh, and likely to occur. So um, that's a process I'm, I'm forever looking at. I mean, the best are forever improving, but rarely swinging for the fences. Uh, there's a consultant I, I followed for years named Jim Rohn. He said, work harder on yourself than you do on anything else. Hmm. And that really sort of typifies how I view things or how I, how I am. I mean, frankly, most limitations are self-imposed, you know, I, I think on most people. So we're always trying to improve. Nothing improves, you know, because it's being neglected. So, you know, what you strive to achieve professionally, it must be bookended by what you achieve personally. Uh, so, so it's really all about showing up and being present, making sure I put in the work ahead of time to be ready for the moment, big or small. And uh, I've had a, a deeper sort of um, attention put on what I call moments of truth with clients. Moments of truth would be sort of key life events that come up in various forms all over the place. It could be a diagnosis, you know, of some, they have something that, that comes up a lot. Could be birth of a child, a graduation. It could be loss of a spouse. I'm talking about some key life events uh, that, that are really meaningful. Uh, so, so we honor that we, we get right into it, but I'm very attentive to that. So, um, another quote I just love, but I really try and live by and embody how you do anything is how you do everything. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So. Yeah. There have been lots of changes in the last two years. I mean, we've been through, we haven't been through COVID. We're not finished with COVID. Hopefully we've been through the worst of it. We had a lockdown. Talk to me about the time since then. Yeah, well, well, running a business and a team, um, con you know, we're constantly working on refining and optimizing everything we do. Um, after a while of these continuous improvements, and as I keep saying, they're still ongoing. All that, I mean, I really love that aspect of of, of my work. Um, but the business starts to run more like a Swiss watch. And it's, it's not at the mercy of just me or some perceived maverick talent. It's about a consistent process. So oftentimes I, I don't even have to be present. Uh, su surprise, surprise. And I'm not trying to make myself obsolete here because I really like what I do and I'll be involved in it for a long time. But as a business owner, you know, maybe I should be striving to do that a little bit more or, or maybe other business owners should, should be striving. So what I mean, let me give you an example of that. Um, there's a lot of times I see clients call in and they, they want to go straight to my assistant or another team <laughs> member. <laughs> she knows how to move the money. I just want to talk to her, you know, and that's, that's great. I don't have to step in that process. I, a few, um, couple months back, I remember seeing my assistant interacting with one of, one of my top clients and they, they were having a you know, really nice engagement and, and 
she had actually very kindly brought her in a bouquet of flowers and all this. And I'm oh. thinking, I, sh you know, really thanking her for all the great work she'd done. But I was going to go out and say hi. And I did say hi, but it was almost like they had this personal time. And I was like, <laughs> don't, you know, need maybe you. Just, don't need you. <laughs> don't. Yeah. And that's OK. That's that's 100 percent OK. So, I mean, it really went to you know, testament, testament to the, to the strength of the relationship, but we're, we're also trying to educate clients too on who, who on the team plays what role. And if you have this doctor, you don't always need to speak to the doctor, right? Sometimes you just want to schedule something or get your prescription renewed or that, that kind of thing, or have a general inquiry. So, you know, I've enjoyed um, doing that and being able to step back a little bit and quote, stay in my lane for, you know, uh, but that also gives you a little mental health space too. It gives some mental health space. And I'm a, I'm a absolutely huge believer in you have to have some mental health space. Uh, you have to have some clarity. You can't be caught up in every moment responding to every email, um, every text, all of this, every market change, every half hour, every news report. That's, that's what I call tuning out the noise. So we can focus on the big picture, really get into the details. All right. You got any other post-COVID thoughts you want to share? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, I do have a lot. I mean, we're at the point here, you know, we're um, it's literally just before Thanksgiving here. So this will probably not even release till sometime in December. Uh, but but just some thoughts as we kind of wrap out the year. It's, it's been estimated that 100 billion people have lived on planet Earth and close to 8 billion are alive today. Um there's a good chance that over 90% of them would do anything, you know, for my worst day. And, and I'm thinking a lot of listeners probably feel the same. I mean, even when we don't have great days, there's probably a lot of people have a lot worse. So, you know, be at peace as you go forward. Uh, know that you're worthy of self-actualization and do everything you can to share your wisdom and good fortune. I mean, that, that's an approach I take. Um, if you pay two hours on a parking meter, but you end up only needing 40 minutes of it, you're not obligated to stay. <laughs> let, let someone else have that, you know, uh, have hour and 20 minutes, maybe pay it forward a little bit. I mean, the essence of Zen, and I hate to sound all woo and all that kind of thing, but frankly, we could live to be a hundred or, or it could all be over tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you plant. Um, that's so important. I mean, when you're raising children in, in life, but I also think of having done this 25 years, the millionaire next door, there were a lot of seeds that are planted that are really starting to blossom now and taking off. And there's still ones we're planting right now that'll impact clients later in life or future generations, sometimes second or third generations. So you know, it's, it's, it's great. So um, C.S. Lewis had a quote I love. He said, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. So th those are some of the thoughts that are resonating with me at the moment. Uh, from the author of the Narnical Chronicles, Narnia Chronicles, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, well as we, uh, well, who hasn't read the, the, you know, the, the line, the witch and the wardrobe to their grandkids, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. All right. We are, you know, it's, it's holiday season now, whether this is airing in December or people are listening to it in January, it's still the holidays. And actually throughout the year, you still think of the holidays. So tell me what you do for the holidays. What do you do for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, Thanksgiving's always been my favorite holiday of all. Well, I love to eat, but 
I like the downtime, the family, the fact that anyone could give thanks, everyone, anyone should give thanks. But what do we do? Uh, traditionally, we've gone up to uh, Sequoia National Park with some other families. There's there's sort of a family place uh, uh, um, lodge up there. We're not doing that this year. There's some great hiking. We're actually just going with just our family. Uh, we're going up to Northern California. My son is a student at the University of California in Santa Cruz. So we've kind of adopted that area a little bit to learn about it while he's there four years. And it's a really nice community. So we, we've rented a house. There's a view of the ocean. We're, we're just going to hang out, cook food, uh, take it easy. But there's some hiking, probably involves some kayaking. We're going to kind of live um, vicariously, let my son show us some of the things he's experiencing. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And then... Um, Another thing just to mention, I'm in this, the Tournament of Roses, which puts on the, the Pasadena uh, Tournament of Roses, the Rose yeah. Parade and the game. So um, it sounds like you're familiar with this. Um, you know, it's been around for years. And um, so it's watched by, I don't know, hundreds of millions of people millions all over the world. People. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In like a, um, you know, 185 countries, something like that. So I live here in Pasadena, California. The weather's usually beautiful. We're the people who put this on, um, the parade and the game. And on January 1st, this year, it's actually going to be on January 2nd because the tournament has this longstanding agreement. They will never hold it on a Sunday. They, they oh, like to say, wow. yeah, yeah. Internally, the, the joke is that they have a deal with God. If you, you know, we won't hold it on Sunday. <laughs> if you just make the weather nice and beautiful or, or not rainy. And most years <laughs> that's worked out pretty well. My first year was the most epic rain ever and it was really rough, but uh, we, we usually have really gorgeous weather. And so we, um, you know, these, these floats come down what's called Colorado Boulevard. They, they have all these natural substances, um, not just flowers, but all kinds of stuff. My, my job on the committee this year is inspecting the floats we, we do several float tests for the mechanics and things like that, making sure the fire extinguishers are in the right place. Other areas to make sure they're safe long before they're all decorated and the flowers are put on. But it's just a really great experience. I mean, you, you see this parade and there's a stealth flyover typically every year, which is just absolutely amazing because you see this uh, Batman looking plane, you know, you probably designed by Tony Stark or whatever, but uh, it's really no sound to it, but it comes down and I think it costs about a billion dollars for each of these things, but it's, it's a really cool way to start off the new year. And uh, you, you go through these different committees. Uh, you're on for two years on one committee. You're supposed to learn the first year and sort of teach the second year. Then you move to another committee. So there's so many aspects to putting on this parade everybody's a volunteer it's about 925 volunteers so uh needless to say the end of the year is actually crunch time for us that's when we're really busy putting on the parade uh so that's a tradition i'll be doing that and then i've, I've also scheduled a couple things sort of as carrots for myself just letting folks know i like to have some rejuvenation uh last year i went on a surf retreat uh in january for about four days uh, it was great. I rebooked for this year. I met some great folks. I learned some good, good, um, 
you know, techniques. I learned some good stuff. And then I've also scheduled one more thing next year. I'm excited. Just in the process of learning, uh, I guess I never just, even at the Mexico, it's not like I'm kicking back on a beach. I'm always working on something. So there is a retreat going on in March in Austin, Texas. I'm going to travel to, there's a group of doctors, pretty high level doctors that I followed their community. And they actually work with a lot of uh, professional athletes, a lot of uh, NFL players, NBA players, all, all kinds of folks. They're having a retreat. They're talking about all kinds of uh, health matters, but also some spiritual matters to bringing in lots of um, kind of world-class speakers and just their community is really interesting. And, and I've engaged with them and they, they actually, they sponsor a minor league baseball team out of the Southeast. I think it's near, near in Lexington, Kentucky or something. I'm not sure where it is exactly. They've actually shifted the emphasis for next year. They're not going to sponsor minor league baseball. They're sponsoring a professional pickleball team, if you can believe <laughs> this. And apparently it's the fastest growing sport in the country. I'm a so tennis they say. player. But, and there's actually a high level of professional athletes that do it. So they're, yeah. um, they're, they're super into it. But those are just a few of the things I have looking forward. And again, just kind of continuing to improve the process all the time. Uh, those are my thoughts as we close out the year. Well, Robert, we're going to continue this conversation in the next episode of this podcast. Uh, but right now we're kind of running up against the clock. So how can people talk to you and, and reach you and share their thoughts with you? Sure, sure. Um, best way is just find me online. You can Google me, Robert Curtis, CFP. Uh, you should find a link, you know, connection to my LinkedIn page, uh, my, me and my firm's website, the videos, past podcasts. You're welcome to email me as well, rcurtis, R-C-U-R-T-I-S-S at S-E-I-A.com. That, that should be in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. You're welcome to call the office too. And, and by the way, if anybody's really interested, you're welcome to book some time if you want to engage, if you have some questions. You know, we'll figure out if there's a fit. I'll be welcome to give you like a 30-minute complimentary um, call that we can fit at a mutually exclusive, mutually convenient time. And those are the ways to reach me. Fantastic. And listeners, follow this podcast for the newest episodes. And of course, share with others you care about. Thank you for listening to the Millionaire Next Door podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Signature Estate and Investment Advisors or Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.